Hello, hello, and welcome to another hometown daily news show. It's 9 p.m. and that means it's time for season two, episode 81 of the hometown daily news show. And today, tonight's title is I'm having a I, the title is apparently I'm having a speech problem. Tonight's title is everything causes cancer in California. So we're going to have uh, 11 articles. We're already um, set to go. So here's the quick breakdown. We're going to be talking about the right to mine crypto. We're going to be talking about petrol prices and uh, that uh, companies are ripping us off. This is an article about it. Um, the biggest announcements from Epic Games. Uh, the state of Unreal, actually and uh, Epic's hyper-realistic MetaHumans, which is an amazing piece of hardware and software. Um, SEC sues Justin Sun. Pardon me for, I need to do something. Um, let's see, a fentanyl operation that stopped 900 pounds from entering the US, uh, part of uh, Department of Homeland Security. Scientists sequence Beethoven's genome for clues into his painful past, but I think it's to offer genetic code to make a bunch of Beethovens. Silicon Valley Bank tripled loans to insiders in months before collapse. A journalist plugs in an unknown USB drive and it blows up. California bill could ban the sale of Skittles, hot tamales, and more. And Finland is offering free vacations to people to come and learn how to be happy after it was named the happiest place on earth. Let's get into the show. Something weird is happening. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. okay. Hey, look, the visualizer. visualizer today. Wow. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. So um, I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And that right there is the new visualizer for the artificial intelligence that keeps an eye on me. What do you think? Oh, I'm keeping my eye on you. Oh, no. Because uh, the other day we talked about how a new robot, a bipedal robot, now has eyes. And so uh, I went out and got that bipedal robot and threw the uh, artificial intelligence into said uh, bipedal robot with new eyes. And now um, it's literally uh, sitting in the doorway, constantly staring at me. It's a little unsettling, but... Luckily, the AI can be anywhere, and right now, while still standing in the doorway staring at me, the visualizer is still functional. So, it's all getting kind yes. of creepy. Here. I needed to talk so I could show it off. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's right. Are you ready to talk about these 11 articles for tonight? I am. Are you? No, but let's go. 
addressing the right to mine crypto. Uh, there is apparently some discussion about this. Uh, New York passed its first in the nation crypto uh, mining moratorium last year, and the mining industry was spoiled with zero regulation and oversight. Well, now the tide is turning. After the Biden administration recommended more regulations and uh, Senator Ed Markey uh, introduced a bill to crack down on the industry's massive energy use, the industry seems spooked and uh, spooked and retaliating, tripling its spending on Capitol Hill lobbyists. So, you know how um, we're supposed to be, there's supposed to be representatives of the people. Well, apparently, unless you have a, Wait, wait, wait. We're only four minutes into this. So unless we have a ton of money, uh, lobbying is pretty much you know, relegated to Scrooge McDuck's swimming around backstroke in their pools of gold. Cash. Say that again. I said in their cash, but I, yes, I guess that would be piles of gold. Yeah, so some groups are tripling down on uh, Capitol Hill, pushing the right-to-mine bills in states across the country. These bills, with purported bans on localities enacting zoning and noise ordinance for proof-of-work cryptocurrency mining operations. This is over at thehill.com. Liz Moran, or Moran, um, is an opinion contributor. Yeah, did you know that uh, Bitcoin mining facilities actually move either closer to power plants or move into uh, old power plants so that they can get power? Uh, yes, I think we had an article on here, maybe for Tennessee, where there was a, I think a mining operation near a power plant. But before that, I did not know that. Yeah. So um, just to be abundantly clear, this is over at thehill.com, but it is a contributor uh, an opinion contributor article. And so it, it says here at the very top of the article, the views expressed by contributors are their own and not the view of the Hill, which I think is kind of interesting to make that because, you know, if they're not going to be at least somewhat affiliated with that opinion, not everybody gets that opportunity, right? That's right. And it seems like you know, if it is something, they would get behind it. I mean, you see that in old school newspapers, like the editorial board will put out an opinion piece, and it's basically the views of that whole board, from what I understand. Yeah, really. Well, maybe not in this case, right? Uh, the bills with purported bans on localities enacting zoning and noise ordinance for proof-of-work cryptocurrency mining operations will squash or at least... Uh, very least, severely chill communities' rights to govern and protect themselves against for-profit interests. They give big businesses, most crypto mining companies are well-capitalized, the quote-unquote right to mine crypto, even over your right to clean water and air, a quiet home, and livable climate. This is a Citizens United kind of thing. Um, because there, it used to be that businesses were a quasi, uh, legal, well, not quasi, it was a legal entity and it could have a citizenship in a com in a country, right? So it could be an entity, but it's not a real human. 
So it was a quasi-citizenship. It was a quasi-existence. Well, with Citizens United, it basically became companies and their money have the right to speak, except that uh, a board of directors and a C-suite does not make up the entirety of the company's ideological bent unless the only thing you listen to is the board and the C-suite and everybody else is a disposable tool, a, a, a widget, whatever it might be, a wrench, whatever you want to call them, but you're just a grunt. So if you speak out, pardon me one second, if you speak out, you'll be fired. If you're against whatever it is that the C-suite and the board is doing. So, uh, you know, I kind of agree with this. I don't think that businesses should be doing the same level of policy making as the people because the government is supposed to be for the people and by the people representative of the people. It even is referred to as the house of representatives. Right. It's not for the corporations or. Right. But you know, the people that run the corporations and the boards and uh, the stockholders, they will take profit over individual rights any day. Um, and I cannot count how many people have said that, um, largely well-off people would rather have the money than have a conscience or a social drive. They just want the money anyway. So this article goes into greater detail. According to the 2021 paper from the national Bureau of economic research, 90% of all Bitcoin mined goes only to the top 10% of miners, which is pretty typical because as time has gone on, you can't just stumble up across a, a, a Bitcoin uh, segment at all. Um, you have to be part of a consortium now and have massive computing power. Anyway, um, about 50 miners apparently get 90% of all Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of an astounding statistic. Well, that's why so much volatility exists because there's few people moving a ton of Bitcoin. And this is just one Bitcoin, by the way, or uh, sorry, one cryptocurrency. Um, there were somewhere around 10,000 different cryptocurrencies in existence. Only 3,000 currently exist with any liquidity. All the rest are basically considered dead, but still 3,000. And of those, there's only about four that anybody would recognize, like Ethereum and Bitcoin, Dogecoin. Um, and there's four categories of cryptocurrencies um, ending with stablecoin, which is a joke. Um, at any rate, it says with thousands of machines running all at once, cryptocurrency mining isn't just a loud annoyance, which uh, neighbors of mining facility in Limestone, Tennessee, describe as sounding like a jet engine idling on a nearby tarmac. Neighbors of a cryptocurrency mining facility in Cherokee uh, County, North Carolina, described the noise as like living on top of Niagara Falls and near Niagara Falls itself. Locals complained that the local cryptocurrency mining operation literally 
drowned out the sound of the falls. And there they won a zoning ordinance, the kind of community self-protection that could be illegal under a state's right to mine law. Let me see if I can scan real quick for something. Nope. I wonder how fast this will get very much adopted in one state. Which which state do you think will totally lean into this? <laughs> well, I want to say Wyoming. Huh? Look at that. The artificial intelligence can read minds. So, yeah, do you really think that companies should have the right to mine or should people be able to say, no, we don't want that uh, around us? Yeah, I guess I feel like companies shouldn't have the right to do anything that its citizens don't want them to do in their community. I don't mean like exist, but... Um, I think this is a problem from the get-go because where are the citizens' interests in this? Yeah, and what's really interesting about this is the the value of the cryptocurrency is pegged to actual production, something real, U.S. dollars. It inherently has no value unless you barter for something or somebody is willing to accept it. The reason why it's at $28,000 is speculation, not real value. So the U.S. dollar is pegged to our GDP. Cryptocurrency is pegged to the U.S. dollar via the proxy GDP. So when everybody gets spooked, they start buying up cryptocurrency. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. Um, but they start trading it higher and higher. Um, and then whoever flinches is the one that's going to lose the most when the cryptocurrency goes back down. I'm eating a little crow because at the beginning of my um, streaming career, I said that crypto or Bitcoin won't hit $25,000 again for almost a decade. But guess what? What happened was um, shenanigans in the real world had people go, oh, let's go buy crypto. But it's still below a lot of thresholds. There are uh, trading platforms out there that bought Bitcoin on average for $30,000. There's still $3,000 per Bitcoin in the hole. Wait for that margin call, because I'm sure that they're leveraging past where they are with their purchase. So I guess we'll see. But anyway... Um, Liz Moran over at, uh, well, as an, an opinion contributor uh, that had their article posted at the Hill uh, addressing the right to mine crypto. There's a lot more over there, so I encourage you uh, to, to head on over there. But before you do that, you're going to want the article. And so I throw the article into um, the VOD, the chat. It'll be part of the show notes pardon me one second um and uh you'll be able to go over to those urls when it gets posted over on youtube when it gets posted as a um, podcast okay so let's move on to the next article if you don't mind
No, not at all. I'm a little surprised that New York was the first to pass this. On the other hand, there's a lot of companies, of course, in New York State. I might have thought a, a state like Delaware, for example, would have passed it because they're very corporation friendly. Yeah, so it says, let's see, where is it? Let's see. For example, in Paducah, Kentucky, Blockware Mining received $12.7 million in transmission upgrades, raising regular utility customer bills uh, to help pay for the upgrades. Um, in Washington, a cryptocurrency mining operation that went bankrupt in 2018 left locals to cover $700,000 in unpaid utility bills. Well, why is that? If the company went bankrupt, why does the public have to... Well, and why does the public have to fund the um, upgrades for the mining, the other mining company? That, that's astounding. Yeah. Well, private profit. Um, ah, it's just weird, you know. In Missouri, House Bill 764, currently making its way through the state legislature, uh, would increase electricity use in a coal-dominated grid, slowing the state's transi transition to clean energy. And then Montana has another, and on and on, you know. Uh, it, it's short-term gain and public financial burden and private profit. Okay, we went backwards a little bit there. Uh, the next article is uh, petrol prices should have dropped by now, but companies are ripping us off. Uh, this might be another opinion piece. It's over at vice.com. Um, Alexandra Bliznik, or Bli nah, how do you pronounce that last name? Bliznik? Maybe it's Bliznik. Um, like most of life's problems, capitalism is to blame. Now, I just want to pump the brakes here. I don't think capitalism is to blame. Unethical capitalism is to blame. There is a lot of money floating around because the economy has been infused again and again because of some for-profit, uh, greedy, profiteering collapse or... Now what's happening is there's so much money on the table that they're jacking prices up at the producer price index level. Pardon me one second. And um, sorry, one second. Oh yeah, that doesn't matter. Um, sorry, context wise, I'm uh, interacting with the AI. Um, so, it isn't capitalism that's the problem. It's the the unethical behavior. And so they take risks. It collapses. The public bails them out. One way or another, there's a massive infusion of um, money. 2008, 2015, here after the pandemic, during the pandemic, um, there was massive infusion. Oh, in um, 2001, there was a massive injection of capital because of 20, uh, well, 9-11. Uh, um, 
in the la right before the pandemic, there was a massive injection again with the Trump administration. Um, Obama had to inject massive capital because of the crap that happened from the previous administration and then the 2008 collapse. Um, it's, but it's greed. It isn't capitalism. Capitalism would be great if not for the fact that ethics is the smallest friggin' chapter of every single domain that exists. And the one where it isn't the smallest, which is law, people think that lawyers should be, you know, you know there's a, a famous joke, you know, about what's a, what, what is it? What's, there's a bunch of them. So what's, what do you call a busload of uh, attorneys at the bottom of a, of the ocean? And somebody says a good start. And then there's another one where it was a criminal, like on a murder trial or something like that said, that said, kill all the lawyers or get rid of all the lawyers or something like that. But with it's the ethics that matters, not, not capitalism itself. So my problem here is that line right there. Capitalism is not to blame. Capitalism is a great motivator so that you can better your life later on. You work hard. Unfettered capitalism be to blame. Um, There's still people behind it, but I just mean kind of like capitalism taken to the extreme. Yeah, I definitely think that. Yeah unmetered unethical it's just unethical so um let's see the global crude price uh, has finally dropped so why is petrol still so expensive and this is about in in australia but it's high in the uk in europe in the united states um everybody blames the government but really when you look at the amount that each state in the united states actually takes it eclipses the federal government's draw in taxes and then you go and look at the roads in various places and go well if the state's taking all of this money why isn't it being put into the roads and put into the education system and bettering the local and and state infrastructure well huh you're gonna have to look at your state for that but the money that's supposed to be the, that comes from the too focused on right to mine instead of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're going to have to look at your own state and, and some, they, nobody's looking at that. They're blaming the federal government as if it's the federal government that's the raising the prices. No, that's not what's happening. It's, Look at the producer price index. Look at who it is that's setting the baseline price. It's everywhere, though. Greed is everywhere because since the since Reagan, greed is good. And it's not. It's psychotic. It's sociopathic. It's abusive. It Greed beyond producing a responsible level of return on your investment is it's antisocial. It it isn't good. It's not definitely not good for society. Anyway, in early 2022, the price of uh, crude oil shot up to a seven year high amid fears of Russia's oil production could stop uh, because of its invasion of Ukraine. This is specific to Australia again. Um, 
So in the States, it's a little bit different. We're largely oil independent if we wanted to, um, but it's better to use resources from those who are selling it than use domestic resources because when domestic dries up, guess who has strategic and tactical advantage over the infrastructure of the United States? Everybody who's selling to us because we don't have our own domestic production. So we have a strategic reserve that we fill domestically and from overseas purchases, and we pump it into the public system and refill it because oil degrades over time. Russia has the ability to impact all of Europe, Africa, Australia, um, the region, let's just say the region. Um, but Russia can't impact the United States except by turning off the spigot for everybody else. That way they have to lean, everybody else has to lean on the Middle East. Anyway, it says uh, 13 months after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the crude oil, oil price has recovered and dropped to its December 2021 level. Back then, a liter of unleaded in Australia would set you back no more than $1.50 at the, and this is a liter. So here in the States, um, what's the conversion? I think four liters to a gallon. Um, so today it's still around a dollar eighty. So again, it's Australian. A liter so is about a quarter of a gallon. So yeah, four liters to a gallon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the big story behind this uh, phenomenon called rockets and feathers pricing, according to University of Melbourne economics professor David Byrne, when wholesale prices go up, prices at the, it says at the Bowser rise um, like rockets. When the wholesale price goes down, they fall like feathers. Yep. And that is um, basically an ideology in business that if the, okay, so it's price elasticity of demand. So if you keep on charging people more, they're going to become um, familiar with that price and you can sit there and measure how much of a loss in customer consumption is taking place. So if they keep on purchasing and you keep raising the rates and you keep on, uh, sorry, you keep raising the prices and they keep purchasing, you raise the price again, they keep on purchasing. You have not hit their bulk rate. They're not going to not purchase. So at some point they slow down. So you start lowering your price a little bit. And by the time you get to a certain level, whatever it might be, the public will start purchasing again because their elasticity or the elasticity of demand has still hit the rate at which they're willing to purchase. So they'll go back out and purchase. And that's how you end up with $5, $6, $7 per gallon here in the States. So did you know, I did not know the term Bowser in mainly hose. Australia, New Zealand, that's a fuel metering or delivery pump at a filling station. I yeah. mean, it makes sense from the context, but I didn't know the term. Yeah, I actually remember when I said it. Um, so yeah, um, I've never heard of the term rockets and feathers pricing, but that might be uh, idiomatic as well. I don't know about that one, um, but that happens everywhere. And, uh, and it's usually in cases where you have to have it, you know, if, if you don't have, 
uh, toilet paper. You're going to go out and buy it. And it doesn't matter if it's 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks a roll. You're going to go out and, and get toilet paper, um, or paper towels, um, or anything that is a consumable, entirely a consumable where you use it day in, day out. Gas is the same thing. Well, you can protest and stay home for days, but at some point, you're going to get hungry and need to go to the store. And if your store is not within walking distance, you're going to be buying gas. So they go into greater detail in this article, uh, but it really comes down to the fact that these, these corporations, these producers of materials that are required for society to move from left to right or wipe their butt or their face or pick up a spill or whatever it might be. They see money on the table still. And they've been trained, uh, indoctrinated, uh, brainwashed into thinking that you have to take every single penny off that table. And there is research out there. And if you do a search for it, you'll find it. That basically says the moment that an MBA takes the helm of a business, they will suppress wages and increase the profit margin, but not the actual profit. They'll lower the wages so that there is an increase in the bottom line, make people work harder and deliver themselves a bonus and not increase quality, not increase the customer base, literally punish the workforce and produce a lower quality product just so that the stockholders, the C-suite and the board can make more money. Um, it's again, it goes back to my mantra. It is sociopathic. It's not capitalism. That's a problem. It's sociopathic capitalism. Did you want to add anything to this? No, I don't have anything to add. Okay. So the next article is big announcements from Epic Games State of Unreal 2023 keynote. Epic Games just wrapped up at State of Unreal 2023 keynote where it showed off new enhancements coming to Unreal Engine 5.2 as if 5 wasn't amazing enough. 5.2 has a stunning new metahuman technology a big push to unify its disparate assets marketplaces and Fortnite's long-awaited Unreal Editor tools, uh, which is actually available through the Unreal Engine or Unreal Store Launcher. I don't know what they call that thing. Um, anyway, you can download um, the Epic Store uh, app launcher and you can download unreal engine and Fortnite's unreal editor tools. It's kind of interesting. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, then you can also get free games through that app launcher. Um, anyway, the day's announcements could have a major impact on games we play in the future. So let's go over to the verge and Jay Peters who put this article together because uh, they're going to talk about some of these um, biggest announcements. So Epic showed off a stunning foliage-filled Unreal Engine 5.2 demo. This is not what I want to talk about, actually. The next article is what I want to talk about, but this will give you a little hint right here. Soon you'll be able to animate metahumans using an iPhone. 
So Epic showed off a jaw-dropping demo of MetaHuman animation captured with just an iPhone. The tool is set to launch this summer. I might actually become a VTuber using MetaHuman if I can. <laughs> because the this tool is spectacular. Um, hopefully in the next article there's a video. I don't have a video here that I know of, but anyway... Uh, Epic finally showed off Fortnite's Unreal Editor. Uh, this should be fun as well. Uh, now you'll be able to build levels um, in Unreal uh, Editor for Fortnite, uh, which it'll give creators a bunch of new tools to create custom Fortnite maps and experiences. And in the demo, the company showed off some bright Fortnite characters in a gritty, distinctly non-Fortnite-y world uh, because a lot of the Fortnite-y stuff is... Um, uh, comical uh I, I i don't know how to describe it any other way it isn't like this it isn't hyper realistic um, but if you can play fortnite in a hyper realistic environment like this please attach it to vr because i will get into fortnite if i can play it in a vr environment with a hyper realistic environment um, to boot i would be all over fortnite like that um, anyway, Fortnite's new uh, creator economy 2.0 gives 40% of Fortnite's net revenues back to the creators. So maybe uh, um, if you are a, kind of a world builder, map builder kind of a person, um, you could actually sell back into the Fortnite um, space and make 40% of it. Not bad um, considering, you know, people don't like it when I say this, but if you a hundred percent of zero sales to an, an app market that doesn't exist, guess what? It's zero money, all that effort. And you're sharing it with nobody or you're sharing it with a friend, which is great. But 40% of a thousand people getting something for 10 bucks is quite a lot of money there, folks. So I don't know how much it's going to cost. Um, you know, I don't know how much people are going to charge for a map, but. Uh, might be interesting uh, to go there. So let's check that out. Uh, we'll we'll check that out in the future. Epic is merging its asset marketplaces under one brand called Fab, which meh, but I mean, okay. And later this year, Unreal Engine Marketplace, Quixel Bridge, ArtStation Marketplace, and Sketchfab will all be merged into one marketplace called Fab. You can actually check it out. Uh, a bit sooner than that, though, as an alpha plugin for the Unreal Editor in Fortnite is going to um, kind of uh, introduce you to it. So pretty awesome. But that's the one right there. MetaHumans is spectacular. OK, so I had to look up how many Fortnite users there were, which was registered. There's about 390 million. <laughs> at least as a couple of years ago. So even if, say, 1% of the users bought some of these things, I mean, that is a lot of dollars on the table, even yeah. if they're inexpensive. Yep. Yeah, you can instantly become a millionaire if your map is spectacular. Um, but this is what I wanted to talk about. Late Night Geeks. Um, there's going to be a whole bunch of articles after this one but um, about other stuff, but this is the one that actually drew me into um, 
even though these articles were provided to me, um, I locked in on these. These are, I just love this. Um, Epic's hyper-realistic metahumans can soon be animated using an iPhone. And I hope otherwise I'm going to, I'm going to do the first thing that I've ever done, which is tomorrow's show is going to uh, draw special attention to the metahumans uh, demonstration. Um, if it isn't in this link over here on the verge, um, Epic will soon let you animate metahumans. The company first launched the metahuman creator tools in 2021 as a way to streamline the process of making more realistic human characters. Um, I actually have an ambition to create um, hyper-realistic actors so that anybody can be anyone. Um, obviously, if you're imitating a human, uh, I mean, a, a famous human, you would have to have the rights to do so, which you're never going to get granted. A business might be able to get limited access to somebody's, you know, uh, likeness, but and then animate it using metahumans. Um, but you could create a hyper-realistic human and then animate it in metahumans in real time. Like me, I could be a, a metahuman and I don't actually look like this. But at this distance, this resolution, you would never be able to tell the difference. And I can even mask my voice. So am I using my real voice? Maybe not. And, but if you can't tell the difference, does it matter? So let's go over. Oh, good. They do have a video. So, uh, this is, uh, over at the verge. Uh, this isn't where I saw this, uh, announcement. I actually watched these get dropped into YouTube in real time. Uh, Andrew Webster um, is the author of this over at The Verge. So definitely follow the link that I've already thrown into chat and check it out. But I'm going to play this video. Um, and if I get a hit over on YouTube, then I'll deal with it. Um, but hopefully you all can hear this. Okay. So... The way that this actually works is that there is um, a headset that's put on the uh, voice actor and character actor. And as they move, as they look around, as they vocalize, all of that is being grabbed by MetaHuman. And watch this one. <laughs> So she's wearing a helmet and on that helmet is a little armature that is holding a, a phone. The phone is using a special metahuman app, which is cascading the, the um, LIDAR scanner across her face. So it knows where she's looking and knows where her lips, her nose, her eyebrows, her muscle, every her muscle musculature on her face. Everything that makes up a, a character's expression is being scanned um, and then duplicated inside MetaHuman. So this well, is going to be... I have to say, one of our animal residents of Omtown was very convinced and looked frightened 
when that was playing, <laughs> which had not occurred previously. <laughs> yeah, so this is amazing technology, and I'm uh, absolutely uh, in awe of this. I, I just love everything about this. Um, so here's to the next generation of VTuber. <laughs> it's going to be ultra realistic. Uh, and um, as time goes on, it'll just get more and more realistic, more and more interactive. Uh, you can actually use motion cap suits right now, but it's going to be nothing compared to this. So, okay, so let's move on. I know that we're going to be running late tonight. So let's see if I can play catch up a little bit. This next article is over in the Late Night Geeks channel. It's because of the source. It's um, from uh, The Verge for a particular topic. So SEC sues uh, Justin Sun for his crypto schemes, along with Lindsay Lohan, Jake Paul, and Soldier Boy. Uh, when the authors of this wrote about Tron founder Justin Sun and uh, possible illegal activities within his cryptocurrency empire last year, the Securities and Exchange Commission declined to comment, said one employee who spoke to The Verge, if he breaks so many laws at such a rapid pace, it'd be impossible for anyone to catch up to him. Today, the SEC announced civil charges against Sun and eight celebrities, including Lindsay Lohan, Jake Paul, and Soldier Boy. If it comes out that they knew that this was basically what they're calling market manipulation, pump and dump, um, and fraudulent claims of potential success and return on investment and whatnot, everybody is going to be paying some serious money. Um, most people probably won't go to jail, though. Um, because it'll be a financial thing and all you have to do is pay unless you pissed off some ultra rich people you're not going to jail but the moment you piss off ultra rich people you end up going to jail so the feds claim sun in are engaged in selling unregistered securities and market manipulation and lied about paying celebrities uh, for crypto endorsements so uh, this is over at, at uh, the verge by emma roth and there isn't much more that can really uh, be spoken of this. It says, uh, in addition to Lohan, Paul, Soldier Boy, the SEC also charged Austin Mahone, uh, Michelle Mason, Lil Yachty, Neo, and Akon. The SEC says uh, the involved celebrities, except for Mahone and uh, Soldier Boy, have settled the charges, which total over $400,000, without admitting or denying the SEC findings. Um I don't know how that works, but most people don't have the ability to go, okay, I'll settle, but I'm not going to admit that I did anything wrong. Um, anyway, it says, thus the public was misled in, into believing that these celebrities had unbiased interest in TRX and BTT and were not merely paid spokespersons. So um, they were, they were, they were actually paid. And so, you can't say that you're not paid. You actually have to declare nowadays, you have to declare that you were a paid endorsee um, of the material that you're presenting. Anyway, according to the SEC, Sun held unregistered bounty programs that would ask users to promote BTT and TRX on social media, as well as encourage users to recruit others in a, to its Discord and Telegram channels. So basically, uh, fear of missing out and wanting to rub shoulders with famous people. Others did whatever they had to do to uh, buy into it, probably ultimately losing money. 
considering it's the crypto sector. Yeah. So all of these, all, all of these celebrities, they, they probably have enough money where they could settle and be immune to prosecution in the future. Um, but the people who followed this trying to, you know, be part of it and FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. They're the ones that are going to be paying the price. Um, you just go ahead and say whatever you want to say if there's something you want to say. It's just an odd um, <laughs> situation. I can't think of anything really like it except for maybe like the Martha Stewart. I know it's not the same issue, but you don't always see like a group of celebrities um, tied up in some sort of financial scheme. So it it, it stands out in that regard. Yeah, well, they, they knew a little bit of people and got them to act on their behalf in exchange for compensation, it seems, without disclosing that it wasn't an unbiased opinion. Um, this next article is over in the Daily News Show. Uh, new fentanyl targeting operation already has stopped 900 pounds of fentanyl from entering the U.S., according to the DHS. Um New fentanyl targeting operation already stopped 900 pounds. That's a lot. Luke Barr, by the way, is the um, uh, author of this article over at ABC News. This video doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has been in the hot seat over border crossings. There have been a lot of talk about um, getting them ousted, but... Looks like they're at least stopping some activities. There's been a whole lot of people that are getting away um, across the border and whatnot. But for crying out loud, uh, I don't think a border wall would ever solve that. Uh, They'd go around or climb over or in several of the videos that I saw, squeeze right between. (laughs) So a dose of two to three milligrams of fentanyl can be deadly. (laughs) I'm glad that you looked it up. I just, I had to because, like, I'm seeing other articles where they took down, like, 100 grams of fentanyl, and that was a really big deal. This is 900 pounds. Yeah. 700 pounds of meth and 100 pounds of cocaine as well um, through last Sunday. And they started on March 13th. Operation Blue Lotus. So it's not even a long period of time. Nope. Operation Blue Lotus, a targeted operation that involves more stops and use of advanced technology along the border, started on March March 13th. The operation has led to 18 seizures, 16 federal arrests, and two state arrests, according to DHS. And that's prevented 900 pounds of fentanyl. That's the one that they're really hot about stopping. Um, Now, you're talking about micrograms, right? So, how many... Micrograms are in 900 pounds? It, yeah, I think it was like a, a couple milligrams would be enough to be deadly. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's some pictures. If you do a search um, for how much fentanyl is deadly, you'll see, uh, you'll see um, a picture of a little tiny little vial. And in it is what looks like a, a piece of salt uh, like a single little grain of salt and that's enough to kill a human being um it's extremely and fentanyl, dangerous 
has also been in the news um, as recently as yesterday because they're now reporting on the threat of fentanyl being mixed with um, xylazine or trank. Yeah. It's even more deadly. Um, so that's a growing issue. Yep. Um, so that's all that I'll say about this. Let's just move on. Um, the next article is in the sign is, uh, in Smasher Trash. That's an, uh, a channel that's <laughs> supposed to be about music. Um, is it a smash or is it trash and you get to vote? Um, this is something that I've, I, I had been licensed to, um, stream music, but I wasn't allowed to because, I couldn't do it here on Twitch and I couldn't do it over on YouTube um, because the there's a, a certain type of license that you need um, called a synchronization license. Now, I had the license that allowed me to do it on my own site here on Ometown, um, but I couldn't do it on uh, Twitch or YouTube uh, and I still can't. Uh, to this day. Um, at any rate, I would love to be able to play music here on Twitch and allow real-time voting, hanging out and talking about it, critiquing it, criticizing it, what to our hearts content music. Um, but the, I, I'm just still not allowed to. So we'll talk about the news. Um, and in this case, it's scientists sequence Beethoven's genome for clues into his painful past. Scientists have sequenced the genome of Ludwig von Beethoven, or um, beef oven from two century old locks of hair. They found some clues in the DNA about the ailments that plagued him in life. This is an NPR article um, by Ari Daniel from all things considered. And uh, I, I'm going to propose a conspiracy theory and something that maybe um Maybe we can get chat GPT to write a book, um, where people are selling, um, Beethoven's genetics so that you could do, um, modification, genetic modification of your kid's genome so that you can have all of the benefit of Beethoven, but none of the negative side of, what do you think? Do you think, uh, that's what's actually happening? That there's somebody that some, ultra rich billionaire fever dream is going to be creating, I don't know, Beethoven X genetics. I think anything is possible. I mean, when you read about wealthy families trying to um, cryogenically preserve themselves, I think this is not too far removed from that. So now scientists have done one better. They've sequenced Beethoven's genome. The findings published in the journal Current Biology offer clues about the health challenges that shaped him as a person and the musician he became to be. Um, Beethoven famously suffered from progressive hearing loss, which made uh, social interactions a source of increasing anxiety and ended his career as a performing musician by his mid-40s. And he also struggled with chronic gastrointestinal problems and liver disease, which only compounded his misery. So he was a cranky guy by the time he died. Tristan Begg, a biological anthropology PhD student at the University of Cambridge and one of the researchers involved in the genetic sequencing project, 
when he was a kid, Beck listened to all kinds of music, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Mozart, Prokia, Proka, Prokafiev, wait, Prok, how do you pronounce that? Prokafiev? I think I, that's it. I don't think I've heard that. Hmm. Anyway, loved old ragtime blues, Blind Blake, Mississippi, John Hurt. This person sounds like somebody that I'd like to buy a beer. Um, Prokofiev um, was around late 1800s through mid-1900s Russian composer. Gotcha. Maybe I've heard the name and in, in the music before, but I don't recall it now. Um, I, like Beethoven, um, are I'm getting older, and uh, I guess my hearing's going out. And my memory is certainly going out. Uh, but then came Christmas Day of 2007 when Beg was 17 years old. One of his presents that holiday was a record player, and he dropped the needle on Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, and his world would never be the same. They go into greater detail, and it's considerable. So they became a researcher, it seems, um, and uh, worked towards ending up doing a genome sequence of Beethoven's hair. Tristan Begg even played piano at Jane Austen's house in 2014, apparently. That's what that picture is. 17 years old. I wish I knew. The researcher is 17? No, no, no. Oh. When they were 17. Oh, okay. Yes. um, Now I don't know how old they are. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say. Well, they were 17 years old in 2007. So they were 24 in 2014. So they're 32 now. And <laughs> sequencing Beethoven's genome. What did you do today? Uh, I got out I of got bed. I got out of bed today. <laughs> <laughs> I turned on my on switch for my AI. <laughs> mm, yeah, there you go. Let's move on to the next article before I get depressed. Silicon Valley Bank tripled loans to insiders in months before its collapse. This is an ongoing thing as people tear down the various layers of onion that is Silicon Valley Bank. Loans to officers, directors, principal shareholders, and related interests jumped from $66 million in the third quarter of 2022 to 219 million in the fourth quarter, according to data on insider loans that banks are required to report to the federal government. They had already been under investigation. It was something that I even spoke about um, in previous shows and I predicted was happening because there wasn't a risk officer in place anymore. I'm surprised that the one that did come into the office for the last four months of SVB's existence didn't spontaneously combust um, and is probably permanently seeing a therapist at this point. The jump in loans therapist before the collapse. Yeah. Um, So what I had just said was that they were already under investigation, but they received several major citations requiring them to, to take steps. But by the time they would have had to act, the pinch was on. They, the run was underway. Um, major 
depositors were pulling out billions. Um, honestly, somebody had to have been told, you know, Hey, this is a high risk bank now. Um, because it seems really odd that a, a perfect storm of activity took place where they couldn't sell fast enough without harming their reputation. They had zero liquidity. They had to sell assets below their value uh, before below what they were actually worth, but still worth something so that they could get some liquidity, but it still wasn't enough that they had to ask depositors, Hey, can you deposit some money back? Then they were told no, but the bank wasn't going to collapse. Depositors were still being protected are still going to be protected, but the bank leadership and investors, which is different than depositors, they're going to lose their money. Um, they're going to get their job somewhere else. They're going to go to another bank. That's the ridiculous part about it. You know, if I did something this abusive in any institution where I've worked, if I ever did this with anybody that I consulted with, I would never, ever work in any industry again, having to do with financial responsibility, fiduciary duty. Um, but all of these people are going to end up either again, rolling around in their pool of gold bullion, like Scrooge McDuck, um, or at least living peacefully on their Island. I've got anyway, the, um, DuckTales song stuck in my head, but I won't say it for fear yeah, of a copyright DMCA. strike. That's right. Julia Shapiro over at uh, the hill.com put this article together and uh, they're the ones that are reporting that, uh, it's actually Bloomberg, but the Hill is reporting what Bloomberg wrote. The jump in loans uh, to bank insiders came as the Federal Reserve noticed problems with how Silicon Valley Bank was tracking interest rate hikes or ri risks um, or how exposed the bank was to changes in interest rates. Well, they were supposed to do eight quarters worth of future risk assessment. It was to check to see how vulnerable they were to their investment processes they failed to do it. There wasn't even a risk officer for a year. So naturally, um, it imploded. There, there should have been somebody put in that position immediately when somebody bowed out and they didn't quit. They just moved laterally somewhere else. So who was doing the risk management in that organization? Um, that should rise to criminal. Well, it very well could. And that doesn't, uh, it makes you wonder whether that was company directed. I mean, it looks like the company was pushing the person to the side, which is, of course, a whole nother layer of problems. Yeah. So why did that take place? Um, I don't have any information on that yet. I haven't actually done a deep enough dive into it, but um, suffice it to say that interest rates are continuing to go up. So the liquidity of SVB, even if it does have some solid assets, they're still declining in value because anything that's still outstanding still has to be liquid uh, liquidated so that you can recover some cash, which can be transferred. Um, unless whatever deal at auction allows the purchaser of the uh, auctioned items to reset that baseline from zero 
to uh, wherever it is now. I th- I can't even remember where it's at. Maybe 4.2, 4.25 basis points, I think, is the floor right now. Uh, I'm not quite sure. It used to be zero. so And that's where they purchased bonds at, zero. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next article. A journalist plugs in an unknown USB drive that was mailed to them and it exploded in their face. Um, as a general rule, you don't do that, but sometimes, you know, a journalist has to do what a journalist has to do. They journalize. Uh, um, so it's no secret that USB flash drives, um, are small and unremarkable as they are, uh, can, uh, be turned into agents of chaos. There's actually, um, several, yeah, it's 4.75 to five now. Um, okay. So I was close and, um, over the years they've, uh, the author has seen them used to infiltrate Iranian nuclear facility. Um, this one is really interesting because the malware there was very, very complex that exploited something like 11 zero day flaws in infrastructure that only a state actor could know. Um, I had done some research in this and, and, uh, thought I had come up with a solution, Um, but it didn't matter because nobody does what they're doing now. Anyway, in fact, critical control systems and power plants, this is from that same, um, zero day flaw that had to do with, uh, command and control infrastructure morph into programmable undetectable attack platforms, destroy attached computers with a surprise 220 volt. This is a what do they call it? Killer or something right there. I can't remember what it's called. Um, But anyway, although these are just a few examples, they should be enough to preclude one from inserting a mysterious USB drive into your computer. Yeah, just don't do it. Anyway, explosives replace malware as the scariest thing a USB stick may hide. Sharon Harding over at ArsTechnica.com put this article together. Um, And, um, Let's see. According to police um, official Xavier Changu, the uh, flash drive that went off had a five volt explosive charge and is thought to have been uh, RDX. So uh, they plugged it in. The USB port activated the um, detonator and then RDX blew up. So also known as T4. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, militaries, including the U.S., use RDX, which can be used uh, alone as a base charge for detonators or mixed with other explosives, such as TNT. Chango said it comes in capsules measuring about one centimeter, but only half of it was activated in the drive that Artieta plugged in, which likely saved him some harm. Um pretty interesting so it was a targeted attack and somebody had to have some knowledge of explosives and electronics yeah and i mean it's never i mean obviously it's never good that there are explosives but toward a journalist that's a whole nother layer of concern yeah definitely Um, In a statement cited by BBC, the Ecuadorian government said any attempt to intimidate journalism and freedom of expression is a loathsome action that should be punished with all the rigor of justice. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, well. Again, sociopathy. 
Um, okay. So let's move on. The next article is a California bill could ban the sale of Skittles, hot tamales and more, but I think it's the candy, not the food. <laughs> when I read it, I thought it was the food and I'm like, what's the connection between those? And this is what led us to the title or led me to the title since uh, I, I'm the one that makes the titles around here. Uh, everything causes cancer in California. Um, you can be in any state in the United States. Just go to Home Depot or Lowe's online and you will see that there's a, a material data sheet for wood. And it'll say that California has found that it is a cancer-causing agent. I mean, heck, you can buy about anything at your house and look on the label and it'll say that. In recent years. So a proposed California bill could ban the sale of Skittles, hot tamales, candy. I'm glad that they closed that there. That question, I was like, wow. And just like every title, there's always, when you drill down into the article, it defines it a little bit more. Double bubble twist gum and other food items containing chemicals that the legislation supporters say are toxic and dangerous. And uh, the one that's really come out as of late is titanium dioxide that's the stuff that makes things white red dye number three potassium bromate bromate brominated vegetable oil and uh, propyl paraben (laughs) these chemicals sorry there was apparently a massive accident here in hometown um, these chemicals can cause significant health problems like increased risk of cancer. There you go. Damage to the immune system and behavioral issues in children, according to Gabriel's office um, in the uh, okay, in um, uh, a news release. So, you know what's really interesting, though, is uh, there is definitive research showing those microplastics, like I said, uh, that I believed were, would show that microplastics are entering the system just by flaking off of your everyday plastic items. Um, and nothing's being done about that other than people looking at it, I guess. Um, but this apparently is significant enough right. to actually I mean, ban it, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a problem as well, but aren't the microplastics more prevalent than... For instance, Skittles? Yeah, I don't know. Not everybody eats Skittles, but there are like millions of little plastic containers all over the place. Um, and it's penetrating into, you can actually see it in in your body. It's pretty wild. But everything, you just, you're going to have to go, you have to give up everything, folks. Just give up everything. You, you basically have to put on a grass skirt and just go out into the bush um, and, and live an au natural life um, because everything seems to want to end you. It's almost like the entire planet is Australia. Well, and plastics are so prevalent that you don't even realize everything around you is plastic because we were having a discussion in hometown about the danger of microplastics while drinking out of a plastic drinking container and not even recognizing that. I mean, 
<laughs> irony was not lost. <laughs> now, I mean, we recognized that it was a plastic bottle and we're sitting there going, what do you do? You, you have to swap it, swap it out for a glass bottle. Okay. Well, look at the lid of that glass bottle. Oh, it's a plastic cap with a plastic seal. Ah, it just never ends. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next article. I'm going to end up talking more about that, those microplastic things um, as time permits, but not right now. Anyway, uh, California bill could ban the sale of Skittles, Hot Tamales, the candy, and more. Uh, Imam Palm and Jeremiah Martinez over at the Hill put this article together. Um, it's uh, introduced by Assembly members Jesse Gabriel and Buffy Wicks. AB 418 proposes that California stop manufacturing, selling, or distributing foods that contain red dye number three, titanium dioxide, potassium bromate, brominated vegetable oil, or propyl paraben. Um, these chemicals can cause significant health problems like increased risk of cancer, damage to the immune system, and behavioral issues in children. I think it's more prevalent that it's parenting skills that have behavior issues in children. Naturally, some have behavioral issues through nature, but anyway, for example, according to label insights, titanium dioxide can be found in cupcakes, trail mix, ice cream, uh, propyl paraben can be found in caramel chocolate. There was actually lead found in chocolate. What was that other thing? There was something else found in chocolate. So chocolate oh, is bad for you. That's right. I can't remember what the other thing was, though. So. We even did an article or a show about now it. Oh, we did. <laughs> anyway, we'll end up talking about all of this again. So instead, these chemicals have entered the nation's food supply through a loophole in federal law known as generally recognized as safe. That was intended to apply to common household ingredients like vinegar. So as long as you get enough people to generally recognize them as safe, uh, we know history is just rife with companies and people that have touted the benefits of things that someone might say are generally recognized as safe, but it's because they don't know anything about it until people do fundamental research and fix that problem, realizing that it is not recognized as safe. Okay, let's hustle on to the next article. I'm going to ditch that, and let's go there. Finland is offering free vacations for, for people to come and learn how to be happy after being named the happiest country in the world. Um, I will leave hometown here tonight and um, move to Finland. I think it's difficult to become a citizen of Finland. I, I think it's kind of like Switzerland. Um, Finland has been named the happiest country in the world for the sixth year running. It's now offering 10 people a free trip to take part in a masterclass of happiness. Visit Finland's masterclass um, is scheduled to take place over four days in mid-June. Is that all that I need? Um, Finland has been named the happiest country in the world for the sixth year running. The Nordic you're right, country. it is tough to become a citizen. Um, if you've resided there permanently for five years without interruption over the age of 18, it's possible. Right. 
Um, the Nordic country topped the rankings with a score that was significantly ahead of all other countries, according to the World Happiness Report uh, in 2023. So uh, Beatrice Nolan over at businessinsider.com put this article together. This won me over right now. Okay, see ya. I'm leaving hometown. Bye-bye. I like the picture. Uh, the AI isn't even stopping me. Apparently the AI is I'm like, okay, going see. to Finland as well. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No. That's another <laughs> ticket. I have to put your USB drive on that seat right next to me. Uh, Finland has been named the happiest country in the world for the sixth year running. I guess happiest country because the happiest place on earth is Disney World, right? That's right. Um. Probably not right now. They're not getting any other tax benefits from what I understand. DeSantis. Um, the Nordic country uh, topped the World Happiness Report 2023, which was published this week. And if you follow the link through hometown over to Business Insider or you just go to Business Insider and uh, search for Finland, you'll find a link to the, happy, uh, the World Happiness Report. It's a little hard to actually link to it. Um, because they use a, a redirect or something. I don't know what it is. It's really wild. URLdefense.com. They redirect that. I don't know. Anyway, after repeated success in the area, Visit Finland is now offering 10 people the chance to come to the country and learn how to be happy like the Finnish. A Masterclass of Happiness, scheduled to take place over four years in June at the Kuru Luxury Retreat in Finland's Lake District. It's only four days, not four years. Did I say four years? No. 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 They've won this for six years straight, and they've only... But the, the Masterclass of Happiness is over four days in June. Look at this. I'm I'm getting read the riot act by the AI now at the end of the show. I almost kept it within an hour. Uh, applications are now open until April 2nd with hopefuls asked to make a reel or TikTok showing why they may secretly be a Finn. I suppose it's the not the the guy from Star Wars. No, but I'm thinking it's a different one. From fin Finland, right? Okay. Um, as part of their application, the participants will also be filmed during the visit with the material used for Visit Finland's advertising, according to the website. So I guess it's not going to be me because I'm kind of curmudgeonly um, when I'm on vacation. I just want to enjoy the vacation. And being stalked by uh, camera people and photographers would probably be a little distracting if I want to go to a nude beach in Finland. Sir, sir, this isn't a nude beach. Look, I'm trying to be happy here. And I'm not sure sitting in a four-day conference about happiness is necessarily <laughs> where it's at. But I don't know, maybe they'll me. stick you in a sweat lodge or just allow you to just hang out at the resort. Yeah. I don't know. My happiness is really predicated on not having to do anything, just kind of hanging out. 
enjoying the food, the music, the people, not yes, running around I get for the four days. This is extra scheduled. <laughs> you think this is going to be scripted from like day zero to? Yes. At three fifteen, you get a a snack of a you know a pretzel stick or whatever. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, so the person, uh, the senior director, Heli Jimenez, I guess, um, director at the governmental organization Business Finland, said in a press release that Finland's national happiness, quote, stems from a close relationship with nature and our down-to-earth lifestyle. It's not some mystical state. It is a skill that can be learned, she said. I don't know. I have a different theory, but I won't say it during this show. <clears throat> um, it's a sociological force uh, that I will probably predict is the real reason why people are happy in Finland. Um, and uh, I'd have to, uh, I'll, I'll, before I turn off the filter, I will, uh, I'll, I'll do some due diligence so that I can go, yeah, okay, I'm right. <laughs> I think I'm right, but we'll see. In fact, as soon as I end the show, um, I'll probably go verify it because I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth. This is how the sausage is made, folks. Um, at any rate, I am Merwat. That up there is the visualizer for the AI that keeps me out of trouble, although my filter right now is keeping me out of trouble. Um, and when you go to the front page of hometown, if my DNS didn't crash tonight, um, there, you get a new, a whole new set of articles pretty much all the time. Um, just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Information overload managed. It's kind of like Harry Potter and the uh, data analytics. Worst chapter of the books ever. You want to say bye to everybody? Good night, hometown citizens. Be sure to follow, and we will see you tomorrow night. That's right. Follow us here on Twitch. Like a, like and subscribe and ring the bell and download the podcast and hang out over in Discord. And I thought I had started up a TikTok, but I never go to TikTok. Anyway, stay awesome, everybody. See you tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. Oh, but I'll probably be streaming um, much of tomorrow. Cheers, y'all.